to the very latest Forever Blue podcast. I'm Ian Cheeseman, and I'd like to thank straight away, of course, uh, the, the venue that we're in these days, which is Tameside Radio, which is in Ashton, on which I present a Saturday afternoon programme between 1 and 2, and also the 80s hour between 8 and 9 every weekday. So, f- uh, what's that, six shows a week on Tameside Radio, and we're using their studios now, hence the slightly better uh, audio quality than we used to have. Next up, I'd like to thank charleslouis.co.uk, or Mortgage Advisors, who are the sponsors of this podcast. Very big thing, thanks to them for their support. And if you are in search of a mortgage or some advice surrounding a mortgage, then I can highly recommend that you speak to Dave or his team, charleslouis.co.uk. I'll remind you of that email address a little later on. And you'll also see that I tweet out and on Facebook put that uh, that address in usually in the advert for uh, the download of the of this particular podcast. One other thing I just quickly want to mention is the fact that uh, for this podcast and the next one that we record next week, plus the vlog that I did of the women's game yesterday and the vlog I'm doing at Norwich, if you retweet and share those and subscribe to both my podcast and my YouTube channel, you'll go in the hat to win two tickets uh, for places in the Tunnel Club for the Premier League game against Watford, which is two weeks away. So that's all you've got to do to put yourself in the hat. Now today, a little bit later on, we're going to talk about Vincent Company, whose testimonial is coming up in the very near future. Um, So we'll talk about him and the captaincy and his role and where he stands in the the, the list of all the idols of Manchester City. But we must start straight away by looking at a great occasion for, for the club and particularly for Manchester City women yesterday because a crowd of 31,312 were at the Etihad Stadium. I was there watching City women play United. It was the Women's Super League derby, the first one, and the first time the, the women, the ladies as they used to be called, had played at the Etihad and what a magnificent occasion it was. Lovely day for it. The, the, I thought the club did it, the whole thing magnificently well. And with me today are two of the regulars on the podcast, Adam and Paul. But we've also got Gail Redston, who is one of the original City ladies um, here with us today. So I've got to start really by asking you, Gail, about that occasion and what it meant to you. Because I can't, I can't begin to imagine how significant that was to you yesterday. Oh, it's very, very special occasion yesterday. I mean, being a City fan alone, but actually being an ex-player, you know, to see how far the game's come, you know, from when we first started off, you know, scrounging kits and doing what we had to do, where what the girls have got now is just unbelievable. And it was a fabulous occasion. And to get three points as well. Absolutely. And to see so many people, uh, I mean, it was. I, I was wandering around, uh, obviously I do the vlog and I film people, the, the smiles on people's faces, and this might be something that's lost slightly in the fact that this was the, the, this this significant first women's game, but it was City and United fans mixing together. You know, there was no animosity, there was no threat. Oh yes, there was an a, an away end, so that so the section where the away fans normally are was populated by United fans, but throughout the rest of the stadium, mainly City fans, but United fans were spread anywhere, and there was never even as, as far as I could see, a raised voice. So that's significant as well, isn't it? It's, it's, it's massively significant because um, I, I was like looking through social media this morning and um, somebody had put on that there was two young girls sat in front of this person and 
I'd say I think there were she said there were about eight or ten. And one turned to the other and said, So which team are you supporting? And she went, I don't really know because they're both Manchester. I mean, <laughs> to me that that that's just unbelievable. It's brilliant. You know, if if the world was like that it'd be a better place. Well, I was speaking to one of the, the pioneers of your your team. Uh, who was on my vlog, and I got to admit her name's gone out of my mind, who admitted that she was a big United fan, but yet played for City Ladies back in your day. So I suppose that, that to, to actually be quite outwardly saying that is would be considered to be very brave by the men, but it, it didn't seem like a brave thing to, to, the, to the women. No, it wasn't. Not at all. We must have had about four or five United fans. I mean... Bev Harrop, Rita Howard. It was Rita. That was it Re- yeah, Rita Howard? Yeah, yeah. was well, you know, massive United fan. But once we had this nucleus of players, um, we had this bond, no matter whether you're a Liverpool fan, United fan, it didn't matter. It What meant to us was we were, we were there as a unit playing a, a game of football that we wanted to play. Tell us what it was like right at the very beginning, you know, and how did you ever get involved in it? Well, it was what... Apparently, um, it started off from football in the community, and a guy that worked for them, Neil Mather, he's, it was his brainstorm really. He decided to sort out a women's game and have trials and see what how far it'd go. And apparently, Neil was reckoning maybe about twenty girls would turn up, and apparently, there's about seventy-five turned up at Platt Lane for trials. And it was one of my brothers has just said to me, he saw it in the evening news, and said, "Oh, they're doing trials. Why don't you go down?" I mean, I hadn't played for many years and I went down I thought let's see what the competition's like wonder if I'll get in because I was one of the oldest I started playing for City at 30 and um, went down thought yeah I like this got asked to come back and the rest was history but it was just it was just fantastic you know that the girls that all wanted to just play football Was it all smooth running because I was at Gary James book launch and obviously Gary's brought out this book called City Women An Oral History Um, and Gary is very very passionate about any type of history to do with with the city in particular but Manchester football and because I say because maybe it's not because but his good lady Heidi was in your original team so obviously that means he has even more of an interest I suppose in city women and at that launch you were there and and plenty of other former players were there and we saw video too of some of the games and one of the early games that we saw footage of was a game at Turf Moor and we all thought oh this is going to be a game at Turf Moor but it was actually I guess, on that field next to it, or some, certainly somewhere nearby, it wasn't actually at Turf Moor. So when I say, was it all smooth sailing? I know it wasn't. It wasn't smooth sailing at the beginning, was it? No, not at all. I mean, it was, it was hard work, you know. Try, even trying to get kit, you know, it was, yeah, 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 well, they'll give us a kit, and then they didn't give us a kit. They loaned us a kit. And then, you know, constantly saying, is there any chance we can borrow a minibus? And, you know... Most of the times we had to go in cars. You know, if we were playing away, them days we didn't have sat-nav or telephones or anything. So Neil would get an email of somebody or a fax <laughs> and then print them all off for everybody. Like There's about four cars going down to, say, Preston or wherever it would be. And, and you could guarantee somebody would get lost and they'd just turn up just in time for kickoff. So you are already in your kits, presumably, before no. you even said... No, no. Was Kit- there a dressing room when you got there? S- sometimes, not all <laughs> the time. Sometimes we've actually had to get dressed, changed in the in the cars. I mean, there was one situation, we went to a, a game in Liverpool, 
And we're looking and we think, we couldn't find this pitch. But we're all saying, well, it's a park. and there's... So they're all saying, it can't be there because there's no goalposts. So we're all sat there thinking, next thing, there's a pub next to the, this park. And this girl comes out and she said, are you lot Man City? And we all went, yeah. Are we in the right place? And they said, yeah, one minute. Next thing, they come out of the pub with the goalposts. <laughs> so we're like, what, what's going on? I said, oh, we can't leave them out. Somebody will nick them. Yeah, well, it is Liverpool. Yeah, it's Liverpool for you. <laughs> you know, so, so, and we'd gone down in the, mini, in the minibus and we're, Neil was frightened to death in case we'd come back to the minibus and there was no, nothing of it. You know, so, <laughs> there's quite a few situations it's like that. It's the same that. now. <laughs> yeah. And from that, I, I know that one of the low points um, that, that Gary explained in, in the talk that he gave uh, was the fact that uh, you know there was occasions when you didn't even have a full 11 and I think there was a, a moment where you had a team meeting, wasn't there, where shall we carry on or shall we just not bother anymore? So from that 75 that turned up at the first trial... There was a crisis moment, wasn't there? A height crisis moment. Yeah, there, there was. Like you say, there were, we turned up for training and there was literally seven of us there. And there was a couple saying, should we merge, let's go to Stockport? You know, because they had quite an established team at the time. And we were saying, no, we, we, you know, we're Man City. We're not going anywhere. We'll get players in. We will, we'll get players in. And fortunately for us, there was a couple of teams that had folded, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And girls did, you know, start windling back in but we, we actually played games where there's only seven of us eight of us turned up I mean there was a young girl called Lou Wakefield and she used to play for United she wasn't getting a game she came to us um, and she was like 14 and she, she was, said at first she said, I, was, I was like wondering what, what have I come to because there's no manager on the sideline there's no this there's no that she said but all of a sudden within like a month it just grew massively and we just got an influx of players and got a manager in and it just sort of worked. Well, we're, here we are in 2019 and Manchester City's owners have decided that City women should be very promoted. For, should um, I mean, the, the, the Academy Stadium is often quoted as being the, the women's stadium almost more than it's talked about as the EDS or the under-18s. You know, that is the home. And I presume after this high-profile game against United the games will go back in, most of them anyway, unless there's a huge demand, into the CFA again, which is about a 9,000-seat stadium. So that's a big statement. They've got a fully professional squad, um, and they're taking it very seriously. And, and uh, I mean, I know there are other clubs out there, and I know that Doncaster Bells have been going a long time and have been one of the trailblazers. Bristol have been a, a very well-known club, uh, and obviously Arsenal mm -hmm. and Chelsea. But City, I would still claim, uh, obviously I'm biased because I'm a blue, are somewhat trailblazers in all this, aren't they? Definitely. I mean, if you think, yeah, like you say, Arsenal. I mean, we went, we were invited down to a tournament at Arsenal many moons ago, and the the things that you say they had, they had, they all had the kits, they all had the tracksuits, they all had the same bags, and as a, as a female football looking at that, you're thinking, wow, you know, I wish we had that. You know, why why can't we get that? But don't forget the times that we were there at City, they were struggling. You know, they, they were playing in the second division. And we were winning trophies and we was being asked then to go and show the trophies. Give It's a bit of morale, you know, for the guys. That, you know, <laughs> look what we've won. We've won some yeah. silverware. So maybe it's a little bit of, you know, payback for the, the, 
the club saying, well, thanks for the ladies doing this, and, it, and we've, it's continued on. Mm. I mean, now, like you said, we're, we're way up there now, aren't we? Absolutely. What, what do you see now as the future? I mean, do you see... Um, you know, I don't know whether it's going to be... Uh, again, famously in Gary's videos, he showed Alex Williams, who obviously was one of the pioneers of City in the Community, which started all this, uh, saying that, and this was like <laughs> 30 years ago, or in, in two or three it's years two or three from years, now, yeah. it'll be fully professional. It's been a bit slower than we yeah. thought. It, it didn't get that predicament right, did it? <laughs> no. Well, it was a predicament rather than a well, prediction. Well, yeah. A prediction, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Well, he didn't get that right. But, but I mean, now we're, now we're where we are now... You know, you can do a prediction, Gail. You know, are, 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 is there going to come a time in five years, ten years from now, where City women, where where, you, where instead of, and this is not having a go in any way, shape, or form, but a lot of the people who were at that game yesterday were there on free tickets, or certainly kids were there on free tickets. I know that Chelsea had a game today where all the attendance mm. was encouraged with free tickets. So let's not kid ourselves that everybody was paying a lot of money for that game. That doesn't take anything away from it. Fantastic to do that, and lovely to see all those people. But do you see a time ever in the future, you know, 5, 10, 20 years, where, where there's a 30, 40, 50,000 crowd in the Etihad, and they're paying the same as they pay now for the men? Could that, could that happen? The world's changing, isn't it? I think it could possibly happen because I think the World Cup did the women's game. This an absolute world beaters, weren't they? This that the, some of the play was fantastic, and most of the men that I speak to in the pubs, they've all said, "Oh, you know, they all know I play football." Oh, girl, what, I watched the game the other night. Blah, what a great game of football that was. And you can hear them also saying, "Do you know what I liked about the game? The women got on with it. You know, mm. the referees and everything. They weren't rolling about. <clears throat> you know." trying to con the referee or anything like that. They there just wasn't got on a booking with... in that game. I noticed that yesterday. No bookings. No. but And this is it. The way, I think the women just get on with it. And I think if people now are looking at what there is now, and like it, I think it will definitely get bigger. What do you two think? I mean, you've been listening to what Gail's had to say there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought yesterday, um, again, it's, it's, I ate it because I was going to go, I was going to take my grandkids, I was going to go, work commitments didn't allow me. But I sort of watched the game. Um, I thought the first half was a bit, City looks a bit nervous, I think. I don't, I don't know. I, I agree, yeah. I, I think, think they looked a bit I think we overwhelmed. Show, I, yeah. I don't know whether we've shown them too much respect. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the second half, yeah, yeah. what I noticed was, I think United were lacking in um, fitness. fitness mainly. Yeah. yeah, I think that City just came out in the second half and yeah, stepped yeah. up again. Yeah, but I, 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 I agree with you. I think I don't think I don't know. It might be, but I just don't think it will be as big as the men's game because, if nothing else, the start that the men game, the man's games had, it's been going for yeah. hundred or so years, hasn't it? So, um, but it's certainly. A bit of an eye opener when the ladies, as you say, they get on with it. You know, in years to come, will they still get on with it if um, there's a lot more money at stake? If there's a lot more stuff like that at stake, we more don't foreign know. players as well. More yeah. The, yeah. the European side. Yeah. Of it, I think that, that I think the European the Europeans coming over to England because obviously the English players used to get on with it and definitely get on with it back in the day, didn't they? Before long before I was born, but. I think if there's an influx of more European players who maybe don't get on with it perhaps as much, that, that might have an influence. I didn't go to the game um, purely because I didn't want to. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I think it's just got because I've got more of an affiliation with the men's game. Grown up with the men's game more. Um, I've been to a couple of women's games. I've been to uh, it's a game against Chelsea. It was on the day before the 
League Cup final against um, Arsenal, and we yeah, so not last not last season, the season before. That was great. It was a cracking goal scored in that. Me and my dad went, uh, and we really enjoyed it. Um, I've just not got myself down after that, and I'm not really sure why. It's just something that I don't feel like. I, I perhaps I don't feel as closely associated with it to like to go and. I'm from Warrington, it's like a 30 odd minute drive, but I'd make that effort for the men's, but I don't make it for the women. Now that might be really bad on my part, but that's just my feeling. I just don't have that connection at the moment with a women's game. Um, but I've, I've seen it and I've, I watched the World Cup. Uh, I enjoyed the football. I think the standards got a lot better uh, in the last few years. Um, Not that I'm, it was very bad when you were playing, well, obviously. You got became well, I, don't, I, don't, I, I didn't watch, <laughs> watch them, but over... He was only a twinkle in his dad's years, eye then. <laughs> I think over the last few years, I've seen, I've seen the, the quality of the women's football get better. I still think the, the goalkeepers, I don't know whether you agree with this, but I just think, I think goalkeeping the women's game is still a lot... The quality is lower... Uh, a goal, goalkeeping. I, I, I've noticed, and quite a few people have noticed, but that just might be an observation from me. But I, you know, I've, I enjoy this game of football at the end of the day, so I'm quite happy to go and watch it. But as it stands, I don't have that commitment just to go, yeah, I'll pay this much for it or I'll travel this far for it at the minute. Here's the po- impossible question to answer, really. I don't think any of us can really attempt to answer it, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. You know, we're seeing culturally the world change. Obviously, there's a lot more diversity, uh, a lot more acceptance of everybody being different. There are some people who want p- uh, kids to be brought up gender neutral. And, 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 you know, the old days when I was a kid, if you were a little kid and you were a lad, you were given a car to play with. And if you were a girl, you were given a doll to play with. And now there's quite a big kickback against that. Now, the generations of people who go and watch football, who are certainly my age, if you look at them, then they are very much sort of alpha males, uh, a lot of them. Uh, so the, the culture is to drink, to go to the game, and to, of course, be stood up. Yesterday at the women's game, I looked at the South Stand, I looked where Paul normally would be, <laughs> and I looked at the, the visitors' section, and there was nobody stood Stood up. Everybody was sat down, so that that was a very obvious physical difference between uh, the the, uh, the the people who were there. There wasn't the same drinking. And when I walked past the ninety three twenty bar, it wasn't as full. There weren't as many people in there. There were pe- one or two people having a drink. I mean, I'm not drink. I'm not a drinker, so I'm, this is just an observation <coughs> of what I was seeing. And the, the the vast majority of the people walking around the stadium outside, which I spent two or three hours doing for my for my vlog. Uh, were families, were uh, women with children, a lot of, of young girls, all natural things you might say, but then you think, well, will those people, and, and I've asked this to, to your generation, Adam, as well, about whether your generation of lads will act in the way that our generation of lads did because of the world and the way it's changed. So is there going to be, in 20 years from now, a lot of young women who are getting older as they go, who are, I'm a committed football fan, I go home and away, I go to every game, I sing at games. Does it have to be like that as well? I'm asking a lot of questions here. I, I don't what do you think? It, I don't think it has to be like that because at the end of the day, it, it is the way that the majority feel it, it will be. So if, you, if you've got nine out of ten people that go and sing and drink, then that's the way it'll be. But if that eventually turns and nine out of ten don't drink and don't sing, it'll be like that. But it doesn't... It doesn't have to be. It won't be a, a worse-off game, I don't think. It'll just be different. In my opinion, it'll be worse off because I like going drinking and having a drink and I like the old style of it. But there'll be maybe a generation coming that doesn't that doesn't like that style of things, they don't like all the flares, they don't like the drinking and everything like that. 
but who am I to say that that's wrong? That's just the way sometimes the, the game goes. Oh, I don't like it personally, but... I mean, I, now I know that the, the concourses are empty at the women's games, they're going to start going. Might get a bear at half-time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, yeah. But what I'd like to say is this, is that I, I now treat the ladies' football as a different game to the men's football. And if I do that, I get it, I get it all. I go to the women's football, I've been a few, three or four matches I think I've been to, take the grandkids, and it's a very relaxed day out. You know, yeah. you know it's safe, you know yeah. there's going to be no trouble, you, you, you can have a drink if you like or whatever, but you know it's a safe day out entertainment. It's like, um, it's not, no, it's not like going to the theatre, it's not that, but it's, it's a kind of safe Safe atmosphere, you can introduce people to, to, to the game, but you can have a good day out with your kids. So I wouldn't take my grandkids where I am in the football to watch the, 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 the men. So yesterday's game was perfect because it had had two and a half months, two months or whatever of pre-publicity. Um, it had a very um, perfectly weighed way of... of financing it i.e. The, the tickets were cheap it turned out to be uh, it was a saturday at three o'clock which didn't move for television which we knew for a long time in advance um and it was a lovely day actually so the weather played its part as well so now looking ahead to your game gail if i can call it your game you know do, do you think that that the in my concern if i was trying to promote the women's game is i'd look at that crowd that came and think that was great for them as a day trip, you know, that they had a day out with their families. And it reminded me of the old days when the when I used to host the Junior Blues and families used to come and it felt like a, a jun big Junior Blues event. But I wonder how many of those people now will go, right, I'm going to go and watch this every week. Is, is that a concern? I don't think it's a concern. I think, like, I mean, I agree with you about, they are two totally different mm. games. I mean, when I was playing, you know, Men used to say to us, but women can't play football. How can you compete with a man? I'm going, we don't want to compete with the men. Yeah. It, it is a, it's a different game. Yes, it's the same rules and it's the same this and that and the other, but how can we, as women, physically compete with, with men at a sport like that? It's just impossible. But I think, like I said before about the World Cup and everything, a lot of the young girls now... They can see, you know, you've got a lot, they've got a lot of role models, and in my and day, positive ones. Yeah, and in my day, you, you we didn't have that. You know, you you was there was constant doors shut in your face. No, you can't play football. I mean, when I went to the, my first year at secondary school, and I I kept a, a, probably about four lads out of my primary school get team, um, and they also came to the same secondary school as myself, and then. There was a, a notice on the notice board saying, like, we're going to start the first year team up. So, well, the last Gail put your name down. Because they, they weren't bothered. You know, they thought, yeah, well, Gail can play. Well, let's let's get Gail on the team. Teacher turned around and said, why have you put your name down? I said, because I want to play football. You're not allowed. What do you mean? And then the guys were going, but, sir, she's better than half of us. <laughs> you know, why can't she play? And which I thought was really nice for, for young lads, like 12 years of age, to say... No, so she can play. But then it changed. So when you got a little bit older, like 14, 15, there was very, very few teams. You know, you was constantly, no, you can't play football. 
no, he can't play football. I mean, I, I actually played when I was 17 for my brothers worked at a Bowalters Containers in Burnage, no, 11 June. And they had a football team on a Saturday morning. Now, sometimes the lads had been out Friday night, they didn't want to play on a Saturday, they were too hungover. My brothers would say to me, do me a favour, come up to work at dinner time, because if we're short, I'm going to see if you can play. Now, I was like 17 at the time, not playing for any women's team. So we'd go, jump in my brother's car and off we'd go, and we'd get to the, the ground wherever we were playing. The manager would go over and say to the, rep, the team, look, we've only got nine players, but we've got a girl, is it all right, she plays? And they'd all start laughing, go, of course it is, of course it is. So but then they'd have to ask the referee, referee, yeah, not a problem. And then start the game, and you can guarantee by half-time, one of my brothers would virtually end up scrapping because I'd get two guys kicking hell out of me <laughs> because I, would, I had very quick feet and I had one brother that played up front, one on the wing, I played in midfield and I just knew, as from growing up this day, playing football with them, where they played and how they played. But the guys didn't like it because, basically, I was showing them up. <laughs> and it, yeah. it was, it was that, that it, was, it was frustrating and then I stopped playing football me for, what, good 10 years? 15 years, maybe. Well, thank goodness you came back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I came back. You were a pioneer. Well, we'll see how the story of City Women continues on. Um, Adam, you, you, if you want to have the last word, you can. So I was going to say, even in the short time that I've been around, I'm 21 years old, like when I when I started playing, I noticed we had girls playing in like our, our years and our teams um, for, for a good few years and then I think it was like at age 13 or 14 you, you sort of had to there was like this forced separation that happened and yeah. when I was 13 or 14 there was girls teams but there wasn't there probably wasn't enough to make leagues and divisions and things so there, I remember there being one one great keeper and I think she was in the year above me and she was the keeper for the, the team the, the one team because it was joined until 13 or 14 and then the team were gutted because they had to lose the keeper he was their first choice and there was no one anywhere near as good as her. Um, and she had to leave because she was a girl. And then she went into these girls' teams that ended up breaking down because there was not enough players, not enough structure. But I know that's changed now because through refereeing, um, I've refed a few women, a few, few girls' games, as it is. And there is now a structure in, you know, particularly talking about in Warrington Junior Football Leagues, that that's the, the biggest um, youth league in, in the UK, uh, in men's side. And now the, women is getting, the women's side is getting bigger as well. So just, sorry, I just wanted to put that, that little no, side, even from the, the few yeah. years that I've been yeah. playing and, and I've been around, I've seen a change as well. One thing's for sure, City women are here to stay. Women's football is here to stay and it will continue to grow. And... Uh, I, I applaud Manchester City for being at the Absolutely. forefront of that. I'm very proud as a City fan that they are at the forefront of that. And uh, and thanks for sharing your story. Now you don't have. To, I'm not sending you away, Gail. I want you to be part of this as well because you're a blue. And so I want to ask now a little bit about the, the upcoming Vincent Company testimonial, which is on Wednesday. Um, obviously, uh, Vincent is a, a, a player who's now moved on. Um, he's at Anderlecht, uh, but. His testimonial, they're, they're relatively rare these days, aren't they, testimonials? Um, he's giving all the money to tackle for Manchester, which is to tackle home, the homeless 
um, situation, which with Andy Burnham, who's the the mayor of Manchester, um, and he's spoken about it uh, quite a lot, Vincent. And I, only today, I think he put a, a posting up on his uh, Facebook account saying how much it it mattered to him. And I've seen him do interviews and stuff, and uh, about that particular subject. And he's talking about how. He wants to make sure that he can make a difference. In fact, the quarter like the best is that he found it very difficult to look his children in the face and certainly didn't want to look them in the face to think that he was in a position both financially and influentially to make a difference to the city that's become his second home, Manchester, and not to have done anything about it. And and I'm obviously massively in admiration for him to do that. And so all the proceeds from this from this testimonial on Wednesday, which is going to be the City old boys, the sort of legends of his time at City, people like Edin Dzeko are coming over. There's been a bit of controversy about James Milner, which I might ask you about in a minute, yeah. um, and, and Mario Balotelli, and lots of other players are coming. And then against what is essentially a United team, but it's supposed to be the rest of the world or whatever, but it seems it's, it's a yeah. United team that are going to play against. And they're expecting... A sellout crowd at the Etihad as well, which is pretty remarkable, really, I mean, isn't it? The, the thing is, I mean, I, I mean, I knew about this beforehand, but you've just recently done uh, a bit of a stint with with Vincent, haven't you? You've you've done his was it like a, well, explain it yourself, Ian, what you've just done with Vincent Company. It was quite quite amazing, really. It was it was his diary of the season. Yeah, his I mean, last I, season. Well, I, I got I got a phone call, um, which was. At the beginning of June, and uh, the, the the phone call was from the uh, the publishers Simon and Schuster, and the question was, would I be interested in writing a book? And the initial comment was about the treble season, and I thought to myself, well, I've just booked a two and a half week holiday away with the family, and I'm going away on the 12th of June. I'm not coming back till the 30th. When does it have to be done by? <laughs> and they said the third week in July. And I said, and, and how many words or, you know, what sort of volume we talk? 50,000 words. So I said, so I've got a week before I go on holiday and three weeks when I get back and you want me to write a 50,000 word book. Um, and then, this, and, and then I, as I was going um, like that and scratching my head, um, and obviously bits of sawdust were falling out, um, this, he said, it's with Vincent Company. And I, and I sort of took a bit of a breath and I went, what? It's with Vincent Company. So I said, right, okay. I thought, this, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this makes a bit of a difference uh, because the money hadn't Just even been mentioned. He's on to the travel agent at this time. <laughs> yeah. it Cancel the holiday. It hadn't, hadn't, actually, no money had been mentioned, so it clearly that wasn't the important thing at that stage. I mean, we all need money to live on, but it was more the logistics of it. And I'm thinking... Can't how can I do? As I said, I'm going. I'm going on this holiday, and I'm not sitting there on my holiday working. I'm going with a family. I've stayed up for all all year for this. Yeah, it's with Vincent Company. I said, well, who's asking me to write this? Is it you asking me? No, no, it's it's Vincent. And it turns out they gave him a, a list of some some potential authors, and he picked my name out. And that does sort of a massage your ego a bit, <laughs> but also make it does make a big difference because you think, how can I say no to this guy? Yeah. So I said, well, listen, if you think I can do it, and you're prepared to let me go on holiday and do it, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I'm sure you'll be fine with it. <laughs> so I came back. So just before I went on my holiday, I booked, um, I arranged to to go out to. Uh, to Holland, to Venlo, a place in Holland where Anderlecht were doing their training camp pre-season. 
Um, so literally the day I landed back from my holidays, I packed a, another case um, and set off to Germany, flew into Dusseldorf, went to Venlo and spent a week in the hotel with Anderlecht, with Vincent, with the players. So obviously people like Simon Davis, who's, who's gone over there to work with him, uh, Craig Bellamy, uh, you know, people like that were all were sort of knocking around. And each evening I would sit there and chat with Vincent and ask him questions about last season. And then while they were all out training... I'd be sat in my hotel room hunched over a laptop uh, from like seven in the morning till 11 at night, apart from this one hour when I'd go out and see daylight and have another chat to him. So I did that for a week. Um, I had a, a long chat with him on the phone a couple of hours when I was home and another half an hour. And from that and lots of determination uh, and hopefully some ability, um, I've managed to produce this book, um, which comes out on the... 14th of November, um, and, and by the way, if any supporters clubs are listening to, to this, um, once once the, the book is out, um, I, I've got a weekend away in, in the international break, but from the 18th of November onwards, if anybody wants me to come to their branch, bring some books... Um, and talk about the book. I'll be well, more than happy to do that. Vincent with you. Oh, if only. <laughs> if only. I, I, I mean, be another sellout. <laughs> we could have si- a cardboard cutout. Can't his we? situation at Anderlecht because he's you I was know. Going to say he might be back here pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, fingers crossed that they're sensible enough to keep going with him. But um, he, you know, he's he's he's, re- he's an absolute obsessive. And I mean, what I'll say to you is uh, that. When you meet your heroes, and I was lucky enough to meet Colin Bell, who is my boyhood hero and write his book, and people said to me before I met Colin, the danger is that when you meet your hero, they don't live up to your expectation. Um, sometimes it's best not to meet them, uh, especially properly. It's all right getting a, an autograph or a picture or something because you never really get to know them, but to spend time with them, there's a danger. Now, I spent a lot more time with Colin Bell than I've so, so far spent with Vincent, but I can tell you that from all the time I've spent with him, especially the the bit away from the spotlight, so to speak. He is everything you want him to be. He is absolutely that ideal, super intelligent, respectful, lovely person, apart from being a great footballer. So um, so he certainly lived up to my I mean, expectations. That's not bad having on your CV, Colin Bell and Vincent Company, is it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I did that's a bit. That's not massage you go too no, much. No, no, no. You can do that. out the door at the end of this. Yeah, you can yeah. do mine yeah. next if you want. Right, yeah. Now that would be a challenge, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, the, how do you feel about the uh, the testimonial? I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. It's, it's a way of us... Last testimonial I went to was Mike Doyle's. That was my first City game. So my second testimonial I'm going to is a massive hero of mine as well. So I can't wait, to be honest, and I'm looking forward to it. I've, I forgot what you do at a testimonial, to be honest. I remember because I went You're still going to have your meat and potato pie, aren't you? Oh, yeah, chip muffin, meat and potato pie, definitely. But, <laughs> I mean, do you, is, it, is it a bit more pantomime I don't. I, you know what? Is it, this is, I don't know what to do at a testimonial. Well, like. Adam's the wrong person to ask. I know, I've, <laughs> never, I've, I've never known a testimonial. I've never seen one, but from what I've seen, I've like, it, it depends how the players are, it seems like. So, like... I've seen a couple of testimonials on on video and stuff, and if the referee starts playing about with the ball, you know it's gonna be a bit pantomime, you know, yeah, yeah. when they're guiding someone towards the net if they're yeah, gonna make yeah. them score a goal. But considering the lineup that I've seen and the, with the amount of United players <laughs> involved, tasty, it's gonna it? be a bit more than a testimonial, yeah, I think, yeah. which I'm looking forward to actually because I'd rather pay money and see a proper game and have all that 
maybe pantomime villain type stuff we're going to get with um, a lot of the, the love to hate players like Gary Neville, who I really like now, but on the pitch, obviously, yeah. we're going to boo him as a laugh. Um, I don't hate the guy now. Um, I think James Milner, like I say, is a bit of a strange decision for me. I think. Well, now that, you brought him up. What, what, what's your view? I've seen people I, on social media saying I, I he should be booed. I heard someone mention, might have been the ginger rig on Twitter, said that I won't be wasting one of my boos on James Milner considering the amount of United players in there. But <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I, don't welcome, I don't welcome James Milner back uh, with, with happy cheers, I don't think. He's just going to get silence from me. See, the other side of that is Vincent's invited him back. Exactly. Yeah. So you boo him, you sort of effectively boo his decision. Yeah, to I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I think somebody put it on Twitter that we're going to banter boo him. Now I'm not quite sure what that is, but I'm assuming it's like when the villain comes on in a pantomime and you you boo, but not a real nasty boo. I don't know. I'm going. I've been <laughs> practicing no, it all. I'm going to say, what's the no, difference? Well, well, I think this is a boo. Good question, this, that Gail. Well, let's put him to the test here, right? Let, let's hear a nasty boo. Come on, give us a nasty boo. Boo! <laughs> Someone just get the right. yeah. Okay, now now give us a banter boo. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think the tone was a little that. bit not. No. I, I couldn't tell difference either. <laughs> what I, you... I, I don't get why anybody boos anybody me. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of banter going on and all that, but it's not going to make a difference to that player. Mm. I think it does. I think it does. Yeah. It gets. It gets, I think it makes a difference to Raheem Sterling when he goes to Anfield. When I used to play rugby, like I used to get booed all the time when I played rugby, and that was mostly off the, the, the my own team. team. <laughs> yeah. But oh, I was a nightmare. If the opposition gave me grief, it all went to pieces. But nobody seriously can want. I mean, I, I know he plays for Liverpool, and I know that when James Milner went, there was a perception that he'd. I've seen people say, you know, he ran down his contract deliberately so he'd get a big signing on fee. And then once he went to Merseyside, he said some things that sounded disrespectful towards City. That's where the animosity comes from. All I can say is that when I dealt with James, when I was in the media and I was interviewing him, he was great. And he's never done any harm to City. He, he contributed richly when mm. he was a player. So... I, this hatred, but there'll be people listening to this right now who'll be going, mm. you have no idea, we're going to boo him, we hate... And they're entitled to do what they want, aren't yeah. they, as long as they don't attack somebody. But <laughs> I, I still find it strange that... Yeah, he's been, he's been, a, he's been a great servant for City. You know, it's, I he really when, he, when he played for City, I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. He did say some of the stuff, and if, if, if he was playing for Liverpool, I'd be booing him, to be honest. Well, that's fair uh, enough because yeah. you, you're but, booing the opposition is part, but part it's a of testimonial. football, I suppose. Yeah. It's testimonial, it's for a great cause and he's obviously means a lot to Vinny as he won't have him in there. So, you know, as, a, a, as respect to Vinny, we owe it to Vinny to banter boo maybe at worst. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it's Vinny's day. It yeah. is, it is. What well, I mean, what do you expect from Vinny? Is, do you think he's going to be doing speeches? Well, is he even going to play? Do we know what the injury was? Well, he's still injured, isn't he? I, he got injured, didn't yeah. he? So we don't know how fit he is, how fit he's going to be, how many minutes he's going to play. Hopefully he plays a decent bit, but... He's going to lead the team out, isn't he? I think he? he'll get the usual uh, speech and walk round, you know, like the, the farewell that Zaba and Yaya got, the one that Vinny didn't get because... It probably wasn't the right time, was it, that last season for him to do that. So I think he will get the same thing, all the players on the pitch at the end. He'll get his life, lifetime season ticket, all that, and then come round and do a lap of honour. I think I think that would be great. I'd love to see him come round to, to our corner. I'm sitting in the same place as I am 
uh, season ticket for oh, last yeah, two yeah. place, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting, my old family's going. I've gone a bit posh. I mean, my dad, oh, oh, hospitality? No, no, not quite. Second tier. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> I will be taking my vertigo top. <laughs> I'll, I'll wave, wave down at me like the Queen. <laughs> what about you, Gail? Are you going? Yes, I'm going. Definitely going. It's one, it, you don't want to miss that game, do you? Is it going to be an emotional, do you think? Very. I think mm. this time it won't be, I'm done, it'll be, I'm definitely done. Yeah. I, I hope that it isn't, I'm definitely done, or goodbye. I, I mean, I'm hoping he comes back yeah. management side. Come or, on, Ian, you must have asked him. I haven't. Come on, bit of a, give, us, give, give us a, give us a scoop. There was, no, there was so much time pressure on me to write this book. Uh, there is There has been talk of a potential autobiography. And if that happens, then that's a different kettle Can of I fish. Can carry your bag? <laughs> yeah, I'll call <laughs> well, it might not be me doing that, but but um, that's the quest, the type of question that you ask when you're doing that. Um, for this book, which is about the treble, um, it was all specific to last season. So there's a lot of stuff in there about players he's played with, and uh, you know, and and individual games. And you you might be surprised actually by his story of the goal against Leicester. Um, you know, and, and and exactly when he revealed that he was going to Anderlecht. Um, so, so those are some of the aspects I found particularly interesting. But um, in terms of whether he'll come back or not, I mean, he he's, he described himself as I'm not English, but I'm Mank. Um, and you know, I, I can see. I mean, obviously, um, his family's still here, um, as far as I am aware. Mm. Carla and he's, he's got three kids, um, so he may well settle here. And once the Anderlecht odyssey, whatever it becomes, is over, you wonder whether the next move might be into some role at City, whether it's manager, whether it's coach, whether it's ambassador or something, but he's never not going to be one of us, is he? I think he'll be Lord Mayor. He can do anything he wants, I think, that man can. If he wants to be president or whatever, he probably could be, and he's got... He seems like he's he's clued up in there, and he well, he's got a big enough head to fit it all in. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can tell him. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell him. I'll yeah. tell him. Don't worry. Cheesy, yeah, um, ring him up now. And tell him. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this question then, to to all three of you. You know, um, we've now seen his just over a decade. We're seeing the tenth season of David Silva. We're in the ninth season of Sergio Aguero. We saw the whole of Yaya Torre's career, albeit that you, Adam, particularly didn't see Belly and Summerby and, and players like that. But where does Vincent Company now, if you'd have asked this question five years ago, it wouldn't have been fair, really. But now he's, he's played every minute of his career at City and the others are coming towards a conclusion who are the greats of this era as well. Is he the best? Is he one of the best? Um. <clears throat> It's difficult, isn't it, because he's a different kind of player. You know, like Aguero is is immense. David Silva's immense on the pitch. Vinny's more than that. Vinny Vinny's more than just on the pitch heroics. It's 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 off the pitch. It's what he does. He bonds the team. The stuff he does, you know, that's what we're gonna miss. So if you if you if you're looking at sort of like are we gonna miss his footballing skills as much as Aguero and David Silva I think the honest answer is no. But if you're looking at the whole package of what Vincent brought to the team, he's, 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 he's a massive, massive loss and a huge, huge legend to every... I don't know a City fan that has got a bad thing to say about him. To yeah. Be honest. I think we'll probably see him as part... You mentioned Lee Bell and Summerby there as a three, and they are mentioned as a three quite a bit. And I think we'll probably, in like 30 or 40 years... We'll mention it like Aguero, Silva, 
company, uh, and you probably include Yaya in that bracket as well. Uh, and I think it's more of a collective. It's the fact that all together they all brought something different. The greatest striker ever, Silver probably the greatest player ever, company the greatest leader we've probably ever had. So I think them, it, it's more powerful. I think together though, those three or those four and Yaya Torre probably the most influential sign, and he changed the culture at the club. And I think together, like Lee Bell and Summerby, they they really will yeah. go down history. What do you think, Gail? Definitely. I mean, to me, like you're saying about. I mean, I agree with you. He's never been the greatest player we've had at City, but as a leader, um, he's like the Dumbledore of Man City. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he's up there, isn't he? Is it that somebody of Harry Potter? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, but do, do you That's know? That's too highbrow for me. No, yeah, but do you know what I'm getting at? He's like he's is he's the kingpin, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is. He's the kingpin. I mean, obviously, we you know anybody who's got the City app or just watched on YouTube and whatever and seen the speeches that he's made. Mm. Um, and, and I know what it's like when I've waited for him to interview him after a game and actually they did an interview with a Belgian journalist this week and he asked me about things like that, you know, the sort of speeches that he did and I told him a story about I was waiting for, me, me and a guy from the Evening News was waiting for Vincent after a game once and it was the day of the World Cup Rugby Union final, I think, and uh, we had to wait an hour and a half after the match before Vincent turned up. Now, if that had been any other player... Would have probably said, "Look, it's just not worth, not just not worth waiting." Wait, hour and a half. What does he think we are? But when Vincent came after he'd watched the conclusion of the game, knowing we were waiting, he was charmless personified. He was full of apologies, and then he gave us brilliant quotes, brilliant um, interview. Um, and he knew what he was doing, you know, and he knew he'd kept us waiting, but. His, his intelligence and, 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 and getting the whole picture meant that you still walked away after waiting an hour and a half thinking it was worth he's waiting for. Yeah. He, he's the man. <laughs> you know, and that, that's what he's like, isn't he? I'd have waited another hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's just, you know, he's, he's a huge person. He's a huge personality. You know, and it's, it's been fantastic for the club. He it's really the, has. The amount of massive moments that he's had as well, like that goal scoring yeah. moments. Yeah. Like, as a centre half, you don't expect. You to look back and think his greatest moments are, you know, you think centre half, right? Greatest moments, defence, you know, defending, goal saving tackles. But that that goal against United, oh. then, to, you know, that header, yeah. it's his the celebration. celebration. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's the celebrations that I remember more than him. I think I said it on a podcast uh, before the end of the season. He'll be frozen in time. Uh, for me and for a lot of City fans, in that pose where he's just going absolutely crazy, his face is just going mad. His, it's like the dick off moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's screaming, yeah. like the Hulk. And you do, players, I think from the past, you, you've got like dick off in that knee slide pose, he's sort of frozen in history as that. And he always will be, no matter how old he is, when, he, when he's long gone, people remember that. And I think Vincent Company will be remembered for that celebration because it embodies his passion for the club and how much he just loves everyone, and and that that will be my lasting memory of him definitely. That goal by Caroline Weir in the oh. in the derby was a very good goal into the top corner. Um, I wouldn't quite, and this is no disrespect, put it in the same bracket though as Vincent Company's goal against Leicester. No, which which my mate who's been watching City longer than me, so he is old. Um, old father time is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's been to more games than I've been to. Um, he, he was going in the the fifties. Believe me, he is. He has seen some football. And when that ball hit the net after that game, and he is not these days a very emotional person. He's quite withheld in what he says. He rang me up that night and said, "That is the best strike of a football and goal I have ever seen in my life." 
And I went, are you for real here? You've seen everything in your life, everything. You know, right back to Bert Troutman final and all that sort of stuff. And you're telling me that was... And he's absolutely adamant about it. Was it the yeah. best strike you've ever seen? That night it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. It was that night. It's the, the only goal that, like, I, when I've been at a ground, I didn't celebrate. It was weird. Like, everyone was yeah. going crazy around me. And I just sort of stood there like, wow. That's yeah. the, the only goal I've never celebrated, but it is. It's certainly yeah. the best goal. Yeah. I've, I've only lived 20, 20 years. Like, the fans were, were just stood there just yeah, shaking like, wow. and clapping. And, and every time you watch it, it gets better and better and better. Yeah. And you could, I could watch it. For, oh, I could just watch it and watch it, watch it over and over again from every it single was angle. Just, it was amazing. It was, you, I'm on your wicket. It was like when it went in, I went... There was a big yeah. delay, wasn't <laughs> it? It was. There it was, was like, a big delay. For, oh, my yeah. God. What a, and then it was after, it was like, what a goal. It's <laughs> just one of them. It was, yeah. But I, I'm on your wicket there, it was like, yeah. just gobsmacked. Yeah, that's how I remember it. Just It was like frozen, frozen mm. in time. for. It felt like five minutes, but it was split second. And we all just looked at each other and then jumped up. It was like, wow. And it's the importance of it as well. That, that wasn't a goal, you know. No goosebumps here. Yeah. That wasn't a goal, three or four nil up. Against Leicester, you know, we're you know trying to close it down and they're, they're dead knackered and everything. This was for the title. If yeah, you yeah know, it was about definitely. fifteen minutes to go, something like that, wasn't it? And I, I thought there's not a goal coming here. And I think that's also why reason why I was so I was so shocked because I'd sort of I'd numb myself like yeah. the five minutes leading up to the goal. I was I was conceded to the fact that we weren't going to get we weren't going to get these three points. We didn't look like we were going to get a goal. And sometimes it takes those amazing, I never amazing goals, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so pessimistic, yeah. but I didn't. I, I can see. I thought, right, we've drawn this now, and it's like them yaya goals when he bends them in from wherever. It, it sometimes it takes those amazing goals to to break the deadlock like it did, and it? it's unbelievable. So, final question on the Vincent Company testimonial. You, you you've seen the list of some of the players, and you've mentioned there about that goal and not coming, and I felt that when. Edin Dzeko scored the goal to make it 2-all in the 3-2 yeah. game. I thought, I was numb and I thought, and I'm commentating, <laughs> and I'm going, ah, it won't make any difference this because it's too late. Yeah, you resigned gonna, to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and so then, then Aguero happened, obviously. But who, who are you looking forward to seeing the most? Forget Vinny, because I know that that's why we're all going. Forget Vinny. Who, who are you looking forward to seeing come back? Balotelli. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say Balotelli. the same. Really? Because he'll just do some. Well, yeah, yeah he's got a, he's, as well. If yeah. he scores a goal, he's definitely going to have a t-shirt or something. He's going to have oh, yeah. You know, yeah. to to do something. I mean, even I, I bet he ends up messing up his bib again or something. You know, yeah. you know his Balotelli <laughs> moment. He was like he's, a naughty kid when he played professionally for City. So what he's going to be like? <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. he, he's going to have something in his locker, isn't he? You know, just to... there'll be fireworks. Yeah. That yeah. Night, I was going to say, yeah. literally, there might be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think it's fair play to anyone that's coming to it. I know we was talking about Milner early, but like the Neville's coming, and they know they're going to get some stick offers. And I think it's great. Whoever turns up on this night, we've got to remember it's for Vinny's testimonial. It's enjoy it. Enjoy the night and don't matter about the score. Obviously, City, we want to win. Don't yeah, of course we will. It'd be nice win. to go to yeah. a game and uh, <laughs> you're going to shout me down for this, but a City versus United game where doesn't really matter who wins. No. Yeah, as long as it's just I just want a great well, game. I want a good if, few goals. I want Vinny to score. I want Balotelli to score. Well, you know what it's going to be, don't you? If City win. It's City v United. If if the other team wins, it's City v the rest of the world. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> if it was City yeah. against Liverpool and they won, they'd be having an open top bus tournament. Oh, that's a classic trophy, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right, let's let's finish by by looking ahead then the next game, uh, and and we should really do this with the women as well. Actually, given that we've been talking about them, what's the next City women's game? Do you know I haven't even looked. <laughs> I, I think seriously, I haven't. Is it not the Champions League game? No, You're still I, I actually, excited I actually, for yesterday, aren't you? Well, I am, no, because all week I said to Gary on, on Saturday, I said, will you stop giving my email out? So he said, why? I said, I said my emails and, and my Twitter, it's just, I said, it's up to me. You know, I'm in work all day and it's bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I've had to turn it off and then I'm sitting there at home going, Jesus. <laughs> You've become famous overnight. I am. I've I bet been, you were I'm, signing his book and everything, weren't oh, you, the other night? Yeah, everybody kept coming up and saying, will you sign the book? Always. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Did you practice beforehand? No, I just scribbled on it. It's all right. It's not a real no, signature. It, the, one of the guys actually did say to me, can you actually print your name underneath as well so I know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> so when he's reading the book, he's like, oh, Gail Redstone. Oh, that, sir. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it's living the dream for you though the next, the next well game is Liverpool it's on great. Thursday oh, no Liverpool. Lugano oh. on Thursday I thought it said it was the Champions League didn't I that was my eyes that, get, that picked out Liverpool and my obsession oh, right. with them obviously uh, but uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Living it's, in it's your the head Champions League last 16 <laughs> so, uh, so good luck to them in that yes uh, City of course men next play against Norwich next week uh, no uh, Laporte so what happens there then who, who plays it centre-back I'll take it we've got no other injuries at the moment uh, I know that Gundogan pulled out the Germany squad not feeling well and you told me on the way here which I hadn't noticed something about Otamendi um, I, I, I just saw some on Twitter about that so I don't know it might have been a spoof thing I don't know so. I mean blimey well, if he's injured as well. well what's the deal with Stones well, is he injured is he Pep said before the last game um, that he was fit and that if it had been a cup final or an important game then he would have played so from that and the fact he didn't go away on international duty tells me he will be fit for the Norwich game. So it's him and Otamendi for me. If Otamendi, I I can imagine Otamendi having a season like he had in the hundred point season because he's so trustworthy. People people underestimate him. I think I don't I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Otamendi at times. I like, agree. He used to dive in quite a bit. I felt, but he's. He's closed that down now, and I think his passing has got better as well, and he's better on the ball than he used to be. And we know he never gets injured. He's like Sterling; you're never getting injuries out of him. So he's going to be there, I think, all season. You've just you know. jinxed him. No, oh God, <laughs> here we go. Touch one, touch, touch it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, I, I think Otamendi's going to have a great season. But Stonesy surely he's got to come in this, this weekend. Yeah, he'll do a great job because he can he can pass the ball great. So no Fernandinho, no dropping Rodri back, no moving. Uh, Carl Walker into the middle and having Cancelo at right back. None of these other variations. Fernandinho played well there, didn't yeah, he? So he's, he's certainly he's, an option. But he's, he's just He is definitely an option. I mean, he probably might go with him because he's reliable, isn't he? You can put, go with three, certainly, yeah. can't you? Yeah. Fernandinho is the, the centre of a three, and then potentially Cancelo. And the other factor that may come into a, something is Mendy because uh, uh, Mendy trained with the squad. Now, whether it's ready for him to start a game at Norwich is another question, but he's getting close too. So once you've got Mendy and Cancelo, um, obviously we know Kyle Walker can do that as well, but them two certainly are, have reputations for being attacking fullbacks. One we haven't seen at all and one we've not seen much of, but both are attacking fullbacks. Then you can play with a three, and that's where Fernandinho potentially is the yeah. middle of the three. I'd, I'd love to see that. That's, that's my preferred line-up effectively I'd love to have three centre-halves and have those wing-backs really bombing because I don't think I don't since we signed Walker I haven't seen him bombing as much as I'd like to have seen him bomb 
And I think Cancelo really is a forward by the sounds of it. He, yeah. looks, like he, he looks like he literally doesn't care. He looks like a winger from what I've heard. So that... And with, you know, Mendy, as soon as he gets the ball, he's crossing it in. We know that. He's one touch and he's pointing it in the box. So I think it'd be great to see them two bobbing up. Is there a reason we haven't seen Cancelo yet, do you, do you know? Or? No, not to my knowledge. I mean, I think uh, Pepper's argued that he's trying to teach him the City way, if you like. Uh, and he didn't get a full pre-season, allegedly, at Juventus. So that, those are the two factors. So he made a brief appearance at Bournemouth, but it was only a brief appearance. So I wonder whether now Norwich, that's the game, which leads on to Norwich's opponents. Um, obviously, there are some teams you look at and you think, well, they're the, the ones the City have got to put the strongest team out against. And there are teams which, without being disrespectful, you can afford to experiment or try different things. There's been a lot of talk about fans wanting Foden to, to start a game. We know that there's Champions League coming up, uh, the, the trip to Shakhtar, Preston in the League Cup. So there are lots of games coming up. Uh, but Norwich, I feel, even though they lost at home in the last game against Chelsea, they're a team with Pucky in form at the moment up front, who, while City have traditionally always done well against Norwich and if I remember rightly they've won quite handsomely in the last two visits there I think it, they'd be dangerous opponents to underestimate I think this, sound, this sounds completely like the opposite but I think that <laughs> you've perfectly I, literally, that, I'm Adam. totally contradicting myself <laughs> but this is a compliment to Norwich but I think we'll batter them for the fact that they try and play great football There's like us again he touched yeah. that again. Touch Paul's head, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's much more yeah, appropriate. There's more yeah. wood in that than in that. I, as a compliment to Norwich, I think they play great football and uh, I have seen them, you know... So uh, a bit like Bournemouth and West Ham. Yeah, they're playing good football, expansive, they like to pressure, be on the front foot. They can't be on the front foot against the best team at being on the front foot and having all the, having all the possession. You do need... We do struggle against teams that are more pragmatic. Going to Burnley, for example... So I'm more worried about going to Burnley than I'm going to Norwich. And for that reason, I do think we will slice through them. But I think we'll do great this season. And I've got you know, high praise for them for how well they've done so far and how well they'll do this year. OK, final word to you, Gail. Uh, thanks very much for coming and um, being part of this. We really appreciate we it. enjoyed it. Um, we'll all get your autograph afterwards <laughs> as well. And, and put it, if you could just write underneath in block capitals yeah. so we remember. Who I am. Yeah. Um, but, so so what, what do you reckon? Uh, Norwich. Oh, I think we'll we'll batter them. I think I really do because, like you say, they're an open playing team. You know, they, they don't park the bus, and I think we'll we'll there'll be a few goals. Last week, yeah, you won't be aware of this, but we spoke about <laughs> spoke about becoming blasé as City fans, <laughs> and here we all are going, oh, no, we're batter not. them. Yeah, <laughs> you said batter twice. And I didn't say that. I didn't say batter them. <laughs> I, well, th what, I, a quick prediction you I think they could be tricky opponents. That's my comment. I, I, but I'm, I'm old school, you see. I'm concerned because they have got a 12th man, haven't they? And let's be having you and all that. So oh, yeah. Delia. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I was there that night. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. And that's another Never story. Anyway. Yeah, don't say, go down that road. <laughs> uh, thanks very much to Gail. Uh, Gail Redstone, who's, who's obviously a City ladies from the past, and but a big blue anyway. So very welcome to the podcast. To Adam and to Paul, thanks to Will for doing all the filming. We'll see bits of it on Twitter and social media. Thanks very much to Tameside Radio, who've been uh, our venue for tonight's recording. And also, of course, to charleslouis.co.uk, the Chartered Accountancy, uh, sorry, Chartered Mortgage Advisors, <laughs> not Accountancy. They probably do that as well. They do everything. <laughs> but anyway, Chartered Mortgage Advisors, who've been the supporter of this podcast and indeed are the supporter of this podcast. Remember, retweet, a share, 
and subscribe to the podcast and to the vlog that I do. And you're in the hat then for a chance to be in the Tunnel Club. That's thanks to Hot Click Marketing, who Ooh. sponsored that for the Watford game. But uh, big, big thanks to charleslouis.co.uk. We'll be back with another podcast. We'll record it next Sunday night after the Norwich game and ahead of the Champions League trip to Ukraine. See you next week. <laughs>